Wait, wait, I think. Yes, ha-ha, we have control of the transmitter again. Me in this beautiful new super smooth control room. I mean, <clears throat> hello survivors, and welcome to another episode of Broadcasts from the Wasteland. I'm Evan May, author of The King in Darkness and Bonhomme Satter, speaking on behalf of Brandon Crilly, Ottawa-based writer of science fiction and fantasy, who is still clinging desperately to the busted old control room with its non-swiveling chairs and its strangely linear time. Brandon, oh, he's trying very hard to bait me back up there with the alarms and the meltdown warnings and the attention-urgently-required messages, but the better room assures me everything is fine and smooth and good, and so we won't be distracted. Oh, no. We still have conversations with some of our favorite creative people to share with you, and we'll be talking about the stories we love and the tales that come from creating. In fact, here's who'll be joining us in the bunker today. Hi, my name is Jeff Gander, and I write fantasy, science fiction, horror, and gaming goodness. In my spare time, I like to hit things with swords. So I'm Kate Hartfield. I am a science fiction and fantasy writer in Ottawa. And one thing that people might not know about me is that I've taken a lot of training to be a yoga teacher. Before we get to our talk with Kate and Jeff, unfortunately I have to report that we did have some mysterious technical difficulties with our recording, and only ended up with part of the conversation to share with you. What's here is still really great though, and we hope you dig it. As to why it happened, I feel like you already know the answer. Brandon is still insisting on using the old control room. We also still want to hear why your bunker is the very best bunker of all. Head to our website at broadcastfromthewasteland.com, all one word, and use the contact form to let us know why you have the best secure facility for these crazy times. We have a tremendous prize pack to give away to the owner of the best bunker in the wasteland. Check out the full details on the website. Now, settle in, cuddle your crochet Cthulhu's close, and join me in ignoring the upper-level oxygen supply warning light as we enjoy our latest broadcast from the Wasteland. Definitely leave that part in when we get to the. <laughs> yeah. That's the best part. That's the best part. <laughs> does that mean does that includes blaming Plush Cthulhu? Is that what no. Oh, well, that has to stay. No, we can't blame Portland. We, we, we can go is. back to Cthulhu. We can he, circle back. He, he, he <laughs> is. He is. He is an eldritch adorability. That's true. Oh, I like that. He is, yeah, he is an eldritch. He is though. You're gonna die so quickly. <laughs> is this from Jen and Eric or is it from someone? No, uh, my better half. Uh, oh, really? Uh, did it? Yeah, she nice. found a pattern somewhere. So it was. I'm gonna get this wrong, but luckily she doesn't listen to this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I no, so she deliberately doesn't. No, this is interesting. She's not one of our eight listeners. She's not one of our eight listeners. She deliberately does not. Um, she doesn't listen to this because she says it would be too weird um, to like hear me being professional or something. (laughs) So she definitely hasn't listened to it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. There's virtually no chance of hearing that. But but she's also very leery about reading too much of my fiction. She's something about, like, she prefers to maintain the mystique, which... I I can respect that. Yeah, I I I can respect that. Yeah. 
But then, yeah, like, I, did you see that thing on Twitter? Was it a month ago or something? something oh, like, that the yeah, it was an agent or an editor or something. Yeah, it was like if your better half or whatever, your partner won't read your stuff, then mm. dump them or some shit. Well, well, they they yeah, they said anyone who won't who won't read your work isn't worth your time. Like, yeah, cut them out that, of your that's, life. That's, like, that's kind of judgmental, that. really. I mean, yeah. I mean, my my better half edits me, but that's I'm just lucky. But, yeah, yeah, exactly mm-hmm. right, and yeah. just and you know, and you've co-written with mm-hmm. you know. With so, as well, twice. So, uh, in, in, in fairness, and I forget who this person is. They did walk that back slightly. To oh, did they? Yes, yeah, because there okay. was an outrage reaction. They walked it back slightly to um, people who don't support you in your work. Okay, yeah, that I get. Yeah, yeah. okay, I think. Yeah. I mean, you you could support someone without necessarily reading their stuff. Yeah. if you want the mystique, I mean, yeah. you can happily promote them. You can talk them up. You can just be a supportive presence in their life where yeah. they're ripping out their hair of their latest draft yeah, well, yeah. pros or game I mean it's there's a frustration yeah. is universal absolutely that's the best thing that is universal yeah. mm-hmm. like, that to me is the best thing like, like if, I, if I say to Jess you know I, I need a couple hours and I just need to throw my headphones on and like tune out everything including you I'm sorry I love you She's, okay mm-hmm. and should I like and mm-hmm. no bother whatsoever which is phenomenal like yeah. to feel no stress or judgment or, or what have you does your better half read your stuff? He does, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't mm. use him as a beta reader usually, although. Why is he not good? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's too supportive. He's too supportive. Uh, so uh, it'll be like, this is brilliant. You know, right. I'll be like, thank <laughs> you, that's no good to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're useless. So, yeah, no, um, no, he does He does read it. I, I can get. Um, I might actually give my latest uh, novel to him. For a continuity error read, like he can do stuff oh, like that, right, like yeah. oh somebody walked in and they actually died three pages ago, like he can he can do <laughs> wow. stuff like that. But it's he will... annoying when that happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and and I would not be surprised if it happens in this draft. But I mean, it's um, only like three hundred thousand words. What are the odds? God, yeah. So I'm I'm almost afraid to even ask him, but but I might get him to do that. Um, but generally speaking, he doesn't critique my stuff um, because I mean he's not a writer, and mm. um, also I just think it would be weird for our relationship like some people have that relationship where they do want to critique each other's stuff and yeah. I mean I'm the same with his art or his music I'll just be like that's excellent because it is and I don't know any more about it than <laughs> you know so he's a musician he is yeah although not not so much anymore but yeah he, when I met him he was in a band I feel so, like I must oh, have known no. this how do I not yeah. know this yeah, I fell Did for the bass player in a band. I didn't know that. No, I didn't know it. Was a bass yeah. player? Yeah. Oh, yeah, cool. Of course. Cool. It's all yeah. about the bass. It's all, yes, oh, yes. God the bass player is, you know, <laughs> universally the hottest one in the band. But I thought it was yeah. interesting. Yeah, no, no, well, you know. Apparently I'm outraged. Spit tape from Evan. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. I just made that up. I don't know. I'm not saying you're but, wrong. I'm no, just no. like... I I, yeah. I can't argue it against it. Yeah, that's I have, I have no empirical evidence. Probably there's actually no correlation between. <laughs> I mean, how much you're attracted to someone and what instrument they play? What um, but, you know. someone listens to this and is like, "No, you are wrong. No, you are wrong." And I have the data to well, prove it. That's why you need yeah. to scan the Twitter feed yeah. afterwards. Yeah, this this yeah. will be what we finally get an, an angry email about. <laughs> finally. Yes, finally, yeah. 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 Our first Nothing angry email. I mean, no one's going to defend the front man, though. I mean, really. Well, they don't a, need defending. It's the job of the front man to be the asshole. Too, exactly. Sometimes. Yeah. It's like yeah. the one who throws the beer bottles into the audience, yeah. and, uh, smokes, and all that. One who's always right. late. Yeah. 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 Or drunk on stage. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes that's everybody. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. That's frequently everybody. Sometimes being yeah. a train wreck is a job requirement. Yes, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. That's something we can't get away with, though. 
as like as writers. No. Like, I, or I mean, I, I can't get away with it as a teacher either. Like, no. I can't show up drunk. I I, I can't show yeah. up drunk at work either. No, so no that would be, that that would be, be bad. bad. It would set a bad influence for people. <laughs> so I have to be respectable. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. Oh, I didn't offer Kate a drink. Sorry, Kate. No, I'm sorry. I just ran away from the table to get water. No, that's fine. No, <laughs> the only time you're allowed to be a jerk prepared. is if you're running a game at the game table. Oh, yeah. You're allowed to be a jerk. Then that's that's perfectly permitted. Yeah, that's absolutely. Like, because, are you kind of like being in character in that sense, or just because you're the boss? Because you're the game master. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. you you're basically the god. Goddess controlled the world. And players kind of expect that from right. you. I mean, there's always a certain level of playful abuse that happens oh, yeah. between the, the game master and the players. If you're looking at that analogy, that doesn't exist between the writer and the readers. Unless, well, that's not entirely true, because there's some writers who play with language and who deliberately screw around with the readers' minds. Oh, yeah. Like Faulkner did the run-on sentences that lasted, what, several pages. But, but Robert Anton Wilson had... Plot twists that looked like Mobius loops, and it was, it was. But did they do that specifically to screw with you? Oh, um, Robert Anton Wilson did. Really? Yeah, his 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 trilogy, the Illuminatus trilogy, which is a great read that I recommend. It's it's a parody of all the conspiracy theories that were active in the sixties and seventies oh and early eighties. Yeah. And he said it was deliberate. It was part of what the, of what the Discordians called Operation Mindfuck. <laughs> and it, the whole the whole purpose is he first he wrote it from a right wing perspective, then he went from a radical socialist perspective, oh then God. he went to a libertarian perspective, and it's only after you've read the book about two or three times and you actually oh my God he's right he's, <laughs> like, the characters' worldviews change and he's deliberately throwing all this at you because the whole purpose of the book we call it epistemological judo. So, oh, okay. so he makes you question the labels that are used for ideologies and philosophies. And the whole, whole point is, if you've read the book and you actually pay attention to the story, it's not the story itself. The, sto- the whole point of the, the trilogy is to make you question everything that you've read and everything you understand uh, and to make you think for yourself. Oh, that's and, cool. And that's Operation Mindfuck. Run like by the Scordians. Yeah. I like that. It's on, it's on Wikipedia, so therefore it must be true. Oh, obviously, everything on Wikipedia is true. <clears throat> Clearly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, they're the ones who did Fenord instead of Ford. You know, oh, the, God. Yeah, it's, oh, like, it's, yeah. But I read that in high school, and it actually influenced my skepticism <laughs> for a lot of things. <laughs> oh, I read yeah. it again in universe. I, I wonder why. I read it three times. So um, I might read it a fourth. We'll see. Wow. See, we, like, we didn't look at anything like that when I was in high school. It was uh, the standard stuff, like To Kill a Mockingbird and... Oh, wait, were you assigned to read it, or did you just read it? I just read it. Yeah. Oh, here, that, this here, sounds more problematic. Here's a segue. Okay. Um, I, I heard about it in the high school gaming club because my GM at there the time read it, and he, yeah. and he said, this is cool. So he gave me his beaten copy that had the front cover torn off oh, and really? everything. It looked like it had been in a urinal or something <laughs> That's in, awesome. in London for four, four weeks. And uh, the ice, oh my God, this is weird. This is cool. I don't, I have to read this again. Nice. Yeah. Mm. That was almost exactly how I got Watchmen. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Really? It was my dungeon master was like, here, you got to read this thing. That's yeah. Awesome. So off I went with this copy of Watchmen. Yeah. And, and when was this? A long time ago, my friend. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this would have been in the 90s. Okay, that's not that long ago. It's longer ago all the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're not wrong. 
I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not used to that being like, yeah. like to me, like I think of the 1990s, I'm still like, yeah, it was a couple of years ago, but like, yeah. it's like 25 years ago. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, it, it's history now. Ooh. Yeah, you start teaching people who were born oh. after you, you've been in high school. And yeah. yeah, Teaching was the thing for me that made me realize, oh my yeah. god, I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, one, the one that did it for me recently was I was, um, I was talking about like the 50s and, and when television became a big thing and whatnot, and I was teaching my grade 10 history class, and um, I'm talking about you know how, how crucial this was, and, and, I'm, and I'm referencing all the stuff to do with TV, and I'm describing how TV is today. And the students are kind of, they're giving me these weird, like, they're not really engaged. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And then it dawned on me, and I, and I pause, and I, I look at them, and I say, wait, how many of you actually watch a television? Okay. And maybe, like, three yeah. of them put their hands up. This is maybe yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I'm like, wait. Oh, and then it occurs to me, they're watching on their tablet, they're watching on their phone. Yeah. They're streaming. Right. They're streaming. They don't yeah. actually watch on a television anymore. Their parents might. A yeah. lot of their parents yeah. didn't even by that point. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, hold on. And I had to totally change the way I taught it. And whereas right. even six years ago, I could teach that lesson and they were totally with me because they could still see, like I would say, yeah. you, know, you have four televisions in your home. That wasn't the case. And they're like, we don't have any TVs in our home. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, it, it, that was crazy to me. And it's totally unpredictable what, what they'll know, right? Yeah. Like, like you can't, like, kids in the hall, I said this, I talked about kids in the hall in front of my class and they yeah. had never heard of it. Like, never, no, really? no idea who are, but at the meantime, they know who Bob Ross is and they're watching yeah. Friends. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, why? Like, so, yeah. so there's things that, Friends, that, that they, they Friends can, has been on Netflix. So yeah, yeah. So it's streaming yeah. services or whatever has some kind of life on YouTube that, yeah. you know, gets out there somehow. But I think Bob Ross has been on Netflix too. It must have been, Well, yeah. Bob Ross, it was Deadpool. Oh used, no! But he was a thing yeah. before Deadpool. Really? I yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like I remember seeing like Bob Ross memes and stuff. I think it was on Netflix because I think it was basically cheap content for them to get it. That right, time. right. That makes okay. sense. Yeah, yeah. So you never know. You have to kind of keep track of yeah. like, okay, what has come back in some yeah. form. Yeah, what hasn't. Yeah. And like Saturday Night Live, they don't know. Like, like, no, the, like the early Saturday Night Live, like they oh, don't know. Yeah, like, no, like the night, yeah, like yeah. Or SCTV, mm-hmm. they wouldn't. No, 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 they don't know no, any of that no, stuff. No. No. Seinfeld, I think, is going to make a comeback, though, because Netflix is supposed to get that in 2021 yeah, yeah. or something, right? So, mm-hmm. so I'll be yeah. able to make Seinfeld references again. Yep. Yes, yeah. Which will be good. Yeah, it's... Uh, my kid knows a lot of Seinfeld references just from my partner and I saying them. Yeah. Like, he's never seen... You know, he's maybe seen three episodes of the show, but right, okay. like he actually has catchphrases and things from Seinfeld that nice. he says now. <laughs> 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 yeah. I had one of my students today, I, or not one of my students, random student in the foods class, um, I was wandering through to steal food, and um, <laughs> as you do, and uh, all of a sudden she, she wanders up and goes, sir, is that a meatloaf t-shirt? Which is what I'm wearing right now, for those of you not benefiting from the video feed. <laughs> um, and I'm like, yes it is. And she's like, oh, that's awesome. And she starts rambling about, oh yeah, I've listened to all the Bad at Hell album, and, I, and I, you know, I, I, I want to go and see the, the musical, but it's so expensive. It's only in Toronto, whatever. And, I, and I'm like, who are your parents? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's this going? I, I, need, I need to meet. I know yeah. that never happens. Yeah. No, that, mm. Well, I saw some uh, quip by Neil Gaiman the other day on Twitter or something about how, like, when when he and Terry Pratchett wrote Good Omens and they had all the Queen jokes about, mm. about the Queen tape in the car, like yeah. the context was totally different. Yeah. You know, and because now Queen's cool again, you know, it's, it's come back. And it, yeah. like, it used to be the kind of dusty cassette you would have in your car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and now it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's totally cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's strange. Oh, well. Decrepa dude, here we come. There we go. Which, which gets back to our <laughs> little quip about that, which is not dead. Ah, yes, we go. See, I told you Cthulhu would come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like how he's back. just sitting there Thank staring you. at yeah. Thank you, my little friend. Yes. Watch over us to the stars. All right, once more. 
He's staring into like, or no, he's staring into the computer. He's not staring into my. Yeah, it's kind of like reflecting the abyss. But he, a he, bit. he is the one and all and all in one. He is everywhere and nowhere at once. He sees us all. How much of the shit do you memorize, man? Not gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I started reading it in high school, and <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, I will admit this. I I have read very very little um, Lovecraft. That's one of the few things that I, I for whatever reason, never. Like, I know the mythos, but most of what I know is, like, tangential, like, reading articles about it or reading other people who have written it. Lovecraft himself, I haven't read a lot. Well, and to, and to be fair, and actually this is where I agree on a lot of the critics, uh, his writing by modern standards actually isn't very good. And that's what I keep hearing. Yeah. It's, it's not. It's not. I mean, what I love about him are his ideas. I don't mm, like the man yes. either, and we don't yes. need well, to go yeah. into that whole thing. We've no, I think I said many yeah. CanCon panels and otherwise. Yeah, no kidding. But... The ideas that his, he created and his bleak cosmology of an uncaring mechanistic universe and humanity in a, is in an ultimately futile effort to find their place and find meaning within it. Mm. And I think the reason why it's a lot more popular nowadays is because of technology, because of what's happening politically. Mm. I think a lot of younger, especially creative people, probably find resonance with that undertone mm. to a degree. Like you know what the universe doesn't care, and I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not endorsing nihilism per se or anything. It like sounds that. like you're endorsing nihilism. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds, if, if it sells books, yes. Uh, but but I, I do think like talking like talking to like my my older son who's not into Lovecraft but knows all about Cthulhu and all right. and all, the, so. all the tropes and everything. And I didn't actually try to teach him. Or teach oh, okay. either of my sons, but they've absorbed it anyway. Yeah. My younger son makes origami Cthulhu swans. But wait, anyway. wait, so you didn't? So how did they pick it up if you didn't deliberately try? They, to... they, they, they found out about it from their friends. Oh, yeah, okay. it's everywhere now. They, they, oh, yeah, because yeah. Cthulhu, Cthulhu is almost like public domain. I mean, he's on cereal boxes. I swear, somewhere in the world, I'm sure he is. Cthulhu crunchies. It's coming. <laughs> it's, it's, it's coming. That's a million dollar idea, Joe. Yeah, I don't, yeah, we'll yeah. cut that part out. I, I, I can't guarantee them. Yeah. That. But, but no, but I, but I think. It's one of those things that it's jumped the original confines of the, the yes. literary confines. Okay. Yeah. It's gone into gaming, like through Call of Cthulhu, right. an Arkham Horror board game. It's now gone to movies like The Color Out of Space oh, and yeah. the other, and the other trilogy that's coming out. I mean, it's gone. It's been in popular culture. It's been in music. It's been in graphic novels. Yes. It's been in yes. TV. It's been like in the real Ghostbusters cartoon from the eighties. I was they just going to say they, they, had, they had a Cthulhu, Cthulhu episode. Cthulhu yeah. episode. I mean, yeah. it was there. I oh, mean, so, yes, yeah. yes, it was. They they used the lights of a midway to send him back to his dimension. Yeah, they That's found a copy of the Necronomicon, of course, and flipped naturally. through it. Yeah, naturally, because yeah. because mm. I've got one in my back pocket. Um, Actually, it's on my shelf. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. But the whole point, the point I'm making, though, is that the Cthulhu mythos has transcended what Lovecraft originally created. Mm. It's become embedded and it's entrenched itself in popular culture. Right, okay. All the way. So it can't, the beast can never be put back into the box. It's right. here and it, it's permeated everywhere. So that's why we have, like, Hello Cthulhu instead of Hello Kitty. Like yeah, right, yeah. So, I mean, it's everywhere. It's because it's now of all ages. They've got plush Cthulhus. They've got this little guy that's here. Right. I mean,. <laughs> Lovecraft would have abhorred this because he hated games and he hated stuff like that. So. Which, which is the ultimate irony, especially knowing what we know about him as a person, mm-hmm. that, that everything that has come about would just, just, he would just despise. Oh, he would have hated all of it. Absolutely. That's incredible. Uh, but the thing is, that's what makes it so wonderful. So we, mm. we've taken his idea, and through modern writers, like through the She Walks in Shadows anthology, which came right. out a few years ago, a modern feminist take on the Cthulhu mythos, which yeah, is really yeah. awesome. You guys should totally read it if you haven't. A lot of great authors in there. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of people, like writers, writers of different backgrounds, of, of marginalized voices, mm-hmm. are now writing Lovecraftian fiction, and they're writing it in their own voice. And I think that's wonderful. Absolutely. And that's what has to happen. So, yeah. so I think we can shed a lot of that baggage, hopefully, and enjoy the cosmic horror for everyone. Which is as it should be. <laughs> so, so there's my there's my stump speech. There we go. Those, those, but in a nutshell, those are my thoughts on how it's trans- transcended and okay. become part of our popular culture. I can, I can yeah. take that. Yeah, and I think it's a good thing. Oh yeah, like, I mean, it's, it's totally divorced from his old toxicity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I I think that's right. I think, and just I'm not I'm not a hundred percent convinced that I agree that it's. A, Necessary. Like it's a good thing if, if the the fiction has been divorced from like who Lovecraft was. I, I'm not entirely a, sure. I love the perspective of that. It, ultimately, we can achieve nothing in this universe, and that no. everything we do is a kind yeah, of I, I think, helpless flailing that against. Can be dangerous, I th- right? That that can be dangerous, but I think if you confront an idea like that, that may force you to become hopeful. It may lead you to become hopeful. So what if someone says, "Well, things are terrible." I don't know about you, but most empathic people will say, well, no, it's not that horrible. Like, my kids get dipped because they're teenagers, of course. They're nihilistic. And everything is, is every, Everything is great. Worst. Everything is shit. Yeah. And I, every so often I'll say, well, actually, you know, you're talented. you got these good things going for you. The world isn't bleak. You know, mm. there's always a future ahead of you. I think it's good to have these negative voices, if only to remind us of why there are good things in the world. Mm. That we just like you can't appreciate light without darkness, you can't appreciate hope without nihilism. I don't think. Interesting. Okay. That's my my opinion. No, I, I like that. Um, can I double advocate that a little bit? Sure, absolutely. Um, do you think that kind of the pendulum towards like focusing on the darkness and and, out, and, and focusing on pessimism has gone too far? And that, and that makes like like I agree that that you need that balance and, and you can get hope from that. But do you think maybe we're we're so entrenched? in like lack of hope that it makes that sort of mythos more dangerous possibly it depends if the people who are embracing this nihilistic attitude plug themselves into this literary tradition oh, okay. that's the difference I, I do agree like if you look at, the, at what's going on in the news right now there, there's a lot of shit going on yes. that's it, right? but I also don't believe the world is going to hell in a handbasket I do believe mm. that things will get better mm. I'm, I'm what we call guardedly optimistic nice I think we're stupid. We have a great capacity for stupidity. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but we also but we also have the capacity as humans to do wonderful things. Mm. We've proven it many times in history. We can. And I think when push comes to shove, you know, when when the die when the die is cast, I honestly do believe we will eventually set aside some of our stupidity and say, you know what, we really gotta work together. So I mean I personally am confident that the world will become a better place, ultimately. I can't prove it, but that hope. Damn it! <laughs> but, I, I wish I wish I could, but I'd be selling it. Um, yeah, no kidding. I can't prove it, but it is one of the things, aside from writing and creative outlets, that keeps me going. Yeah, I hear that. I I kind of wonder whether that is partly what explains why superhero stories are as popular as they are right now, because mm. people mm. do, on some level, like that idea that yeah, someone can do something amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That you know. Even against these, you know, titanic threats, yeah, someone can yeah come up with an idea, do something remarkable, and and really change it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I like is, is and what I've noticed 
I think more and more of it, I think they keep showing up in, in particularly the Marvel movies, is there's <clears> there are all these moments where it's not just the superheroes that are fighting back. It's it's either everyday people or it's everybody. Yeah. Like I keep mm-hmm. going, like the the scene with Loki, right? Where I think it's from the first Avengers, where mm-hmm. that one person refuses to like. There's always I, I like that they kind of filter that into that you're not just relying on the superheroes to save us. It's that everybody can. So it's a, it's a yeah. little mm-hmm. bit more of a more contemporary um, take to try to encourage people. What? Mm-hmm. What you no, no, you're going all hope mm-hmm. punk again. I am. That's what I do, man. <laughs> Just you wait. Twenty years from now, I'm not saying I'll be on the list of people that they're looking at, but um, there will be people studying this whole hope punk movement. It's going to be great. All right, it's going to be great. So I'm now trying to think where to slot Kate's books oh, in all no. of this. <laughs> I, mean, what, I mean, would you say would you say that yours are ultimately hopeful? Are they? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I. I... I definitely sort of embrace the idea that um, hope and goodness are are by nature ephemeral. That the only constant is change, and like, of course, the universe doesn't care. Like, an uncaring universe to me is kind of I, I take it for granted. But you know, like, <laughs> you know, it's just particles, right? But um, but I think there's there's beauty in 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 that, in the arrangement of the particles, and in this moment that we have. Um, whatever moment it happens to be, um, and so we make of it what we make of it. You know, I mean, nothing's permanent. I mean, you know, the the heat death of the universe will come one day or whatever. And you know, so it's, so it's not to me. I think that's maybe why I, I haven't really been attracted to the Lovecraftian thing. I mean, the rest of my household is is big into it, and, and yeah. uh, cosmic horror is very big in my house. But it's it's not for me. It hasn't been. I mean, it, it also just sort of seems like yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. you know, like it doesn't. It doesn't really. It, yeah, it's not something that has has created an itch for me. Right. Okay. Um. So far, although you never know, because uh, sometimes you just wake up one morning and and try something again. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think I'm I'm ultimately quite hopeful in the sense that, um, you know, I, I don't know. I have a long answer to this question. <laughs> <laughs> I can always trim it down. What do we have? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, just I think, don't like have one thread that goes through the entire thing because that yeah. makes it harder to edit. Okay, so so disjointed and choppy. Disjointed and choppy is what I'm. Yeah. Okay. So. This is terrible advice. <laughs> <laughs> I never said I had good advice. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, the sort of the the um, TLDR version, I think, is that um, when I grew up, I for many reasons, I I really thought that you know, the arc of the universe was going a particular way. That right. that sure. progress was, was happening. And I mean part of it was, you know, talking about generations. Yeah. Growing up, coming of age around nineteen eighty nine, it seemed like the world was fucking looking <laughs> <laughs> But it seemed like the world, you know, Evan knows. You know, Can Kevin we have Jeff one knows. episode yeah. where my age doesn't come up? That's all Seems I want. Seems unlikely. No. This is Why not gonna be the one for <laughs> But you know, like, play in the corner. Sorry. that <laughs> moment of like the wall coming down and apartheid yeah. ending and all of that yeah. stuff, yeah, um, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and liberal democracy, you know, flourishing around the world in the nineties and yes, uh, you know, the troubles in Ireland, you know, starting to like all the things yes. that we had come up with being, you know, <laughs> I've read all of this, <laughs> this history, <stuff. laughs> but like these were things that seemed like permanent problems when I was a kid, and then all yeah. of a sudden they weren't, you know, and and, yeah. and and gay rights and you know all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. So it seemed like in the nineties that that the world was going a particular way. You know, and and I think now that that's been shaken for everyone, um, I don't see how it couldn't be really that that maybe it's cyclical. You know, maybe we're heading yeah. back to fascism. Maybe it's maybe everything we've achieved, you know, uh, which you know was not enough by any means. There were there were always still you know huge huge problems that anyone could see if they looked hard enough. But maybe it was all kind of um, 
you know, just just a cycle or whatever. And so I think that's what I've been examining a lot is sort of like, how did we get here? How do institutions um, change and grow and, and, and can they progress? And if they progress, how do we make them progress? And mm. So I think that's kind of what I've been digging into uh, a lot. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I try to, like... I try to avoid thinking of it as, as cyclical. I think how I, I tend to look at it is is parabolic. I think that's that's the right word. Like, like, like it's like a parabola. Maybe. Nice. So because like you look at the yeah, like that moment of hopefulness in in say the eighties when I yeah yeah that, that's the motion of a parabola. <laughs> <laughs> In ancient times. <laughs> um, for our viewers at home. Yeah, yeah, for our viewers at home. Like, making hand gestures. Um, so good. Anyway, but so yeah, you get that, that moment of hopefulness, and, and then, but that was after a period where things were quite negative, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Surprised the Vietnam War and whatever. Yeah. Um, and then you get, you know, a period of hopefulness, and then 9 11 happens, and then things, you know, go down a little bit, and I think we're still living through that. And I, and I hope we're at the tail end of that kind of downward. Slant. I think we are. I hope so too. And, and I, I think with all with all of this push for change, I think we're at the end of it. I think it's going to swing back up again. But, I, 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 but then you know we'll we'll swing back up and things will seem great. And then I, like you said, mm. we'll, we'll realize all the stuff that hasn't been fixed yet that we should have realized you know a long time ago. And then it'll swing back down. And then like so I, I think it's like that because if it's cyclical, then you know we get back into a mess and we're fucked. I prefer yeah. like mm-hmm. I, I actually you know, I that now that you've described that probably approximates my view of how history progresses. Yeah. Like even after the war, there were you know the great you know, the during the height of the depression, we had all the work the works projects to try to put people to work. Yep. and then we had the war and the boom of the nineteen fifties, yeah. so the false boom in some ways. Well, yeah, it concealed a lot of other social ills. But yeah, yeah I, I think yeah, it's just it's just going back and forth, yeah. back doing the hand gesture again. Yeah, because <laughs> um, yeah, you can only work on on like society can only work on so many things at a time, right? Like you know the fifties, you know we're looking at economic success, but yeah, the social aspect was fucked in many yeah, respects, it was. right? It masked a lot of things. So many things, but but you don't realize that until later, right? And then I think you know now we're looking at the environment and we're looking at like government structures and and social structures. There's a lot. I'm going to stop listing them. But mm-hmm. but, that, but, that, but that underlines the importance of fiction. Yes, absolutely. To help minds, to help our readers explore possibilities, and I think that's one of our jobs as authors. Mm. Whether you write prose fiction or interactive fiction or tabletop fiction, i.e. adventures, is to present your players or readers or your consumers of these storylines with possibilities. Because with possibilities, they might be able to internalize them, analyze them, and maybe apply something in their own lives to address something you didn't think about. Mm -hmm. That's actually just a slight segue, but related to it. That's one of the uh, as I fiddle with your coasters here. Do it. Uh, that's one of the that's one of the benefits that they ascribe to gaming, for example, especially oh, okay. role playing. Because one of the th- especially for therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because what it does is it forces you to take yourself out of your conscious mind, your conscious being, mm-hmm. insert yourself into a persona that you create. Therefore, you have control. Yeah. And that control may not be real because it's a set of numbers and words on a piece of paper. You know, mm-hmm. moderated by plastic polyhedra <laughs> on a gaming table, but to your subconscious, it's real. Yeah, on some level, yeah, absolutely. And that's the therapy of gaming. And actually, they do use it role play to help people work through trauma. They've yeah, started to use that. that in a few cases. Control room tells me it's time to stop broadcasting and clear my mind of unnecessary thoughts now, so 
So that's what I'm going to do. Brandon will be up there stuck in the past, maybe with oxygen, maybe not. These are the choices we make. But it's all calm and relaxing down here. Smooth. Like a dolphin. We'd like to thank Jeff Gander and Kate Hartfield for joining us in the bunker, and thank fellow survivor Chris Kesner for providing our intro and outro music. And thank you to all of you survivors out there for tuning us in and spending some time with us. I will make certain that more and more things are firmly under the control of the good control room, and look forward to reaching you again with our next broadcast from the Wasteland.